0: About eight verses, Mark eleven, verse twelve to fourteen. Hallelujah! I hope you are really ready for what God's going to do in this place, your life. I share with you on Wednesday night. You don't. Nothing spectacular has to happen. I don't know if y'all caught it. We we walk by faith and not by sight, and what we're about to step into by faith is going to change your lives. For good. And we're gonna deal an area today in finances. I brought my brand new green prosperity Bible. <laughs> I, I usually use a blue Bible, but I received my birthday. I got a green prosperity Bible. What makes it prosperity? It's just it's the same Bible, just the covers green. That's all <laughs> it is. The covers green. So when I, whenever I preach about finances, I'm gonna hit use this Bible here. But uh, I want you to step by faith into what God's going to say to us and do in this place today uh, because God has been orchestrating this for quite some time, and I, don't, I didn't know it. Um, you just flow with God, and uh, God set us up today. Are you in Mark 11? Yes. We're going to read together verses 12, 13, 14, and then we're going to skip down to verses 20 and read through verse 24. You have that? Okay, let's read together. Ready to read. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he, now that's Jesus, right? He was hungry. Verse uh, 13. And seeing from afar off a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. His disciples heard it. Verses twenty. Through 24. Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says of this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Verse 24 in the King James says, What therefore, whatever, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. So today I want to talk on the subject, very simple subject. Trees, mountains, and things desired. Trees, mountains, and things desired trees, mountains, and things desired. Father, today we come before you and thank you for the opportunity we have to spend this time in your word. I pray that God, you take what you've placed on the inside of me and allow it, give, I ask you to give it expression. Yes. I ask you to allow me to articulate to your people the, the concepts, the, 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 the revelation, the understanding that we must receive today to step into this new place in the area of our finances. I pray, Father, that God, you give me divine utterance, let me speak things I have not thought. Give me divine unction the flow in ways I have not seen. And I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts, that we might receive everything that comes to us from the word of God today. Lord, have your way in this place. Confirm the word with the signs following in our lives. Let it manifest quickly. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. And you may take your seats. As I was sharing with you, only God himself can orchestrate a day like this. In in 2016, this church crossed a threshold, and this church went completely, totally debt-free in 2016. And uh, began from that point moving into a place of abundance. And then the very next year, the Lord blessed my wife and me. We, ourselves, went totally, 100%, completely debt-free. And we were the first of several in this church, individuals and couples, households, to go debt-free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But here we are seven years later from when the church went debt-free, here we are in 2023, on what the Lord has called for us debt cancellation Sunday. This was not on the calendar. We didn't set the calendar to say we're going to have debt cancellation Sunday on the first Sunday of September 2023. Uh, We were People were giving testimonies about get them coming out of debt. And just as spontaneously as the Lord had me, uh, had our church so $25,000 into that ministry here a few weeks ago, he spontaneously said, let's make uh, the 23rd of September is going to be debt-free Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Debt cancellation Sunday. And so when you learn to flow with the Spirit, you just flow with the Spirit. And whatever He says. so listen, I'm trying to tell you um, that God arranged this. Uh, This is not just something out of my head. I'm very very leery about saying things that God said. And so if God has said this and he set us up seven years after our church went totally debt free, six years after my wife and I went totally debt free, and several of you have followed suit, and then here we are. Uh, And then I want to remind you that at the beginning of this year, going into 2023, God gave us a theme scripture for this year. And many of you may not remember it. Some of you may not have heard it because you haven't been here that long. But God gave us this verse, Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17. I want you to put it on the screen, please, so everybody can see it because Obadiah is kind of hard to find. Obadiah is kind of hard to find. So put it on the screen for everybody. Obadiah one seventeen. And remember, God gave us a scripture. He said, this is your scripture for this year. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all have thought about that sometime this year? Because when God gives us a scripture and a verse, it's a prophetic, there's something prophetic about it, and your whole life is supposed to shift based on that. Are yes, oh, you hearing me in the back? And he gave us a scripture that says, but on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. On Mount, now, I taught you Mount Zion is indicative of the church. So in the church, there shall be what? Deliverance. deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess Their possessions. So notice God said that for us this year, there shall be deliverance. And people have been experiencing various types of deliverance in different areas of their lives throughout this year. And God set this day up today as a day of deliverance. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm excited about this day. You know, my wife and I don't have any debt. The church doesn't have any debt, but I'm excited for you that may be in debt now because this is your day of deliverance, your day of salvation. Hallelujah. On Mount Zion, so in the church is where your deliverance comes. It doesn't come from the world. On Mount Zion, in the church, in the house of God, there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. Has God been talking to us this year about holiness? About living right about walking right. Amen. Coming out of the world, not conforming to this world. Hallelujah. We can't live like the world and expect God's blessings on us. I wish I got a few more that's right about that. We can't live like the world and expect God's, we can't live like the world and expect to make, to make it to God's heaven. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Amen. So we've been talking about and walking out and sharpening ourselves in the area of holiness. But then he says, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Hallelujah. And we call this a year of restoration. Thank you, Jesus. I'm astonished at what God is doing in this house, restoring. Restoring in this house. Hallelujah. i, I tell you something. A couple weeks ago when uh, my, my my friend, Pastor Vernel and Farah, told me, they said, we rejoined the church. And I... I I, I, I leaped in here so much not only because I love them but because it's a fulfillment of what God said. He said this is a year of restoration. When I saw beautiful Kim Cobham walking in the church God said it's a year of restoration and they're not the only ones. God's bringing more and more people into this house. Look around you. Look at what God's doing. Hallelujah. See, some of you may, may, not, may not have had my vantage point, but I remember the vantage point we had years ago when we went through a church split and everybody was gone. I'm looking out on a handful of people. And we lost every ministry we had in the church. Evangelism, small groups, all everything we lost. Music ministry, everything. Music, we lost music ministry. Did y'all, did y'all see what we just had here today? What well, we have every Wednesday, every Sunday in this house, so it's a year of restoration. And so he said, my people shall possess their possession." So here's what I want you to take note of. That deliverance is just the beginning. But God's end goal is possession. Deliverance is where God starts with you and me. Remember, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He delivered them. But he brought them out with silver and gold, right, and then took them into the promised land. So God doesn't bring you out to let you wander in the wilderness and die. So today is a day of deliverance. You're going to be delivered from all your debt. Oh, okay, this side, this is, this is side, that side, is, this side. You're going to be delivered from all your debt today. Are you saying, Pastor, when I get home, all my balance is going to be zero? I'm not saying that. I'm telling you that when we make this pronouncement of blessing over that debt, it's going to begin to wither away to the root. And what you've been budgeting and planning on doing for 10 and 20 and 30 years, it ain't going to take you 10 and 20 and 30 years to pay off no house and eight years to pay off no car and 20 years to pay off no student loan and five years to pay off no credit card. It's all going to be gone. It's going to be gone. You're going to get some suddenly deliverance. Some suddenly. Hallelujah. I- I- I'm searching for faith this morning. I'm searching for faith. Now I'm going to preach to the ones who believe. Hallelujah. So there's going to be deliverance, but then he says, the people shall possess their possessions. So not only are we going to uh, uh, cancel every debt, we're going to call in every desire. There are some things that you and I want, some things that we, that we want in this life and God wants us to have it, and we're going to get it. It's going to begin flowing into our lives today. Do I have anybody that believes that today? Hallelujah. Over in, in Psalm 18, media help me out because I got, I got to go real fast. I got to go real fast. Psalm 18, verse 16 through 19, I want you to see this. Uh, write it down, but you can, you'll see it on the screen. Because I want you to see this pattern that God always has of deliverance and then taking you into what he has for you, okay? He sent from above. It says, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. Other translations say he drew me out of deep waters. Some of y'all are deep in debt. You ain't got to say anything. Anybody here deep in debt? My wife and I were deep in debt. We were a half million dollars. Now, that may, that may be small potatoes for some of y'all. But we were half million dollars in debt. Hallelujah. We were in deep, over our heads, and we couldn't get out, but God brought us out. He drew us out of many waters, drew us out of deep waters. Then it goes on to say in verse 17, He delivered me from my strong enemy. MasterCard is a strong enemy. Sally Mae is a strong enemy homegirl will not let you go no matter what. Making payments every month and she will not let you go. You ain't going nowhere. Strong enemy. From those who hated me for they were too strong for me. Hallelujah. Now as long as you're comfortably in debt and say I can manage then you're saying I'm stronger than it and God has to stay out. But when you say no Lord this is too much for me. I don't want this. I don't want to be in this debt. Well, it's comfortable. I can afford more. Okay, God, <laughs> honey, um, you can't afford what, no matter how much money you borrow. You can't afford what God has for you. I don't care how much money you borrow, and they're gonna limit how much money you can borrow. Then it says they confronted me in the day of my calamity. That means that like they they call your note due. Hallelujah. They let us go with no student loan payments for three years. Yep. Uh-huh. And now they're about to confront you in the day of your calamity. But the Lord. But the Lord. My support. Verse 19. He also brought me out. Everybody say he brought me out. Brought me Ta- out. Tell your neighbor he's bringing you out today. Notice it says he brought me out into a broad place. Into a, bl- a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. So I tell your neighbor, he's bringing you out. Bring you out. I hope you're ready. He's bringing you out today. Now you got to search. If you're sitting by somebody who they don't look like a believer, they ain't going to send them back to you, you might want to switch your seat and find somebody. Look down the row. You a believer, you believe You believe what this man of God is saying today because I got to find believers. I don't have time to rub elbows with doubters. I don't have time to rub elbows with people going to question what the pastor saying and question what God saying. We in the Bible. I said We're in the Bible. Give me Psalm sixty-six verse twelve. Psalm sixty-six verse twelve. Yeah. Notice what it says here. It says, "You have caused men to ride over our heads." Now I've taught you before. If you've been in the church for a while, that word "cause" uh, is is actually a, um, a a verb that's improperly translated because it's 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 they, they make it as if God did it, but in reality, to the Hebrew is is God allowed it. So we should we could really and really should read that as you have allowed men to ride over our heads. Anybody feel like you're in over your head when it comes to your debt? Oh, y'all ain't saying that. If you have a mortgage, you're in over your head. No, I can pay it. Pay it off today. See, the reason you borrow it is because you don't have it. So as long as you keep thinking, I'm good, then God gonna let you stay in that. But as soon as you say, you know what, this ain't good. I want this house debt free. I ain't found anybody. I want this house debt free. I want this car debt-free. I ain't going to pay six years for this car. Six years, I ain't even going to want this car no more. I'm going to come over here. I ain't going to want this car in two years. Once them them VOCs or whatever that stuff, that new car smell go off, you don't don't want that car no more. Hallelujah. I don't care how much you wash it, put new hubcaps on. It's still old in six years. So you've allowed me to ride over our heads. Notice it says, we went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. I like how the King James says it. It says, you brought us out into a wealthy place. You brought us out. Notice that that although you went through all kind of hell and high water, he says, when you brought us out, you brought us out into a wealthy place. Somebody say a wealthy place. I wish you'd get more excited. Say a wealthy place. Where God's taking you into, it, it may have been tight for the last 16 years, but He's about to bring you out into a wealthy place. Now, if you if you have a good Bible, that word your New King James the word fulfillment is italicized. If you have King James, the word place is italicized because it really it really should be He brought them out into wealth, or He brought them out into riches. Are you following me? The word, the word place and fulfillment word was added by translators, but it's not in the original Hebrew. So he, bring, he brought them out into a wealthy place or into wealth. That word wealthy comes from the Hebrew word uh, revaya, revaya, which means saturation. Sat, God's going to saturate you. Y'all know what saturate means, right? If you ever going outside in the rain without an umbrella, you get saturated drenched, oh man God's about to drench you wait, wait I'm going I'm to just, I'm just put this out there, I'm talking about money so I don't want to do we're talking about money here he's going to saturate, going to drench you then it says here uh, it means also satisfaction I can't get no satisfaction, no you're about to be fully satisfied everything you desire Everything you need, you're gonna be fully satisfied by the power of the living God. Hallelujah! People in the world chase satisfaction; us in the kingdom, we chase God. And when we pursue God, He'll make He'll cause all these things that we want to chase us. Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness; all these things shall be added unto you. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. Saturation, satisfaction. Notice this last word, last phrase of what it means, running over. Running over. You're about to shift today, September 3rd, 2023, from running out to running over. I wish somebody would throw their hands up and just receive that. You're going to shift from running out, running on empty, running on just getting by, Running on barely make it. God shifting you today from running out to running over. Surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. He said, he, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup.
1: Runs over.
0: You know how Psalm 23 starts? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall not be unsatisfied. And by the time he, by the time he gets to verse 5, Psalm 23, verse 5, he says, My cup runs over. I go from not lacking to all the way to running over. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you're about to run over. I declare your closet about to run over. Your refrigerator about to run over. Your cupboards are going to run over. Your garage is going to run over. Your dresser drawers are going to run over. Your bank accounts are going to run over. Your pockets going to run over. Because by the time God gets, if you let Jesus help you, He's gonna make sure you're running over. Everybody say running over, running over, running over, running over. Now let's 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 get let's get into this text here, because Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, you know we're gonna baptize today too. Hallelujah! I'm excited about that. We're gonna baptize some new believers. New saints, anybody who gets saved today, you're going to get baptized today too. We got you covered. Jesus came, we know this to pay the penalty for our sins. We know he came to save sinners. We know he came to reconcile man back to the father. But he also came to demonstrate sonship. He came to show us The highest level of operation when a person is properly connected to the Father. So everything he did was demonstrating sonship. He healed the sick. That's what sons can do. Because sickness comes from the wicked one, from the enemy, out of hell. Am I right about it? And as sons of the kingdom, we can eradicate sickness. I got a couple of amens up front. He came and he uh, raised the dead. So even though he ran into people, they had died. Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, the, the woman of name, the widow of Nain, her son had died. He raised them all from the dead because sons have authority over death. Now remember what I said. He's demonstrating sonship. In other words, you and I are supposed to do exactly what he did. He demonstrated sonship so much that he... He had authority over even inanimate objects. Remember in Mark chapter 1, he arrives at Peter's house, and Peter's mother-in-law is there. She's laid there sick of a fever. And the Bible says he rebuked the fever. He spoke to the fever. He didn't pray for her. He spoke to the fever, commanded the fever to go. Which means fevers must have ears. See, sons know that. Remember in Mark chapter four, he's he and the, his disciples are on their way over to a, a place called Gadara, and uh, if you don't remember, just follow along the story. And they're on their way to a place called Gadara, and he goes to sleep on the back of the ship, and all of a sudden the storm hits the, on the, on the water, and all of a sudden they're tossed to and fro, and the disciples jump up, freaking out, all scared. Chris, uh, brother Chris, and they, they say they say, "Hey, you don't care that we're perishing, you don't care that we're dying." And he got up, he, and the Bible says he rebuked. The storm. He rebuked the wind and the waves and said, "Peace, be still." He spoke to wind and waves, which means wind and waves must have ears. That's why when Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Ida and Hurricane you i know it's all, all these eyes—all these hurricanes came along, we didn't freak out. Well, maybe y'all did on this side. We didn't freak out. We spoke to the wind and the waves and commanded them to calm down. You can't come do here what you want to do at place. You might go to the place and do that, but you can't do that here. See, if you know who you are, you're a son of God, a daughter of God with kingdom authority. He spoke to the wind and the waves. In that vein, we see another story here in Mark 11 where he happens upon a fig tree. In the 11th chapter of Mark. And I want to walk through this story here very briefly because we get a a course here, uh, Brother Chris, on on how to change any area of your life. How to change any area of your life. We get a a course here taught by Jesus. And the Bible says he stops by, you know, Mark 11, we read verse 12 through 14. Talked about how he saw this fig tree afar off. I'm paraphrasing. I got I to gotta keep moving fast. He saw this fig tree afar off, and when he, when he saw it, he thought, because he was hungry, he thought, uh, because he saw leaves on it, there will be some fruit there. Because fig trees, on fig trees, the fruit precede the leaves. Okay? And so because he saw this fig tree with leaves, he fi- figured there must be fruit on it, and there was no fruit on it, and he cursed the fig tree. And I uh, said, nobody eat from you ever. Again, his disciples heard it. By the time you arrive at verse 20, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. From the roots. And verse 21 says, And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now our focus today is finances. But again, you can take the principles that I'm going to teach you. You're going to them to your health. You're going to them to your marriage. You can apply them, apply them to your ministry, to your career. Whatever needs adjustment, whatever needs changed, whatever needs, in fact, radical change in, in the, your life, you can, you can apply what I'm going to teach you here. So here's the first thing because I'm going to teach you three things here. Number one, we can curse trees. We can curse trees. In fact, uh, I want to really tell you that we must curse some trees. Before we get to the mountain moving, before we get to the desires of things, we have to curse some trees. Trees, listen to this, trees represent mindsets and established ways of thinking that control our attitudes, perspectives, and behaviors and determine the course and outcomes of our lives. I know there's a lot to write. You don't have to write it all down now. You can write it when you get home. But I want to read it again because notice it says we can curse trees. And I want to tell you today that we must curse some trees. (laughs) Trees represent mindsets and established ways of thinking that control our attitudes, perspectives, and behaviors. The reason why people have attitudes towards something or bad or good attitude is because not because of how someone else behaved, but because of the because of the tree inside of them. The reason why you cuss somebody out, not you because y'all don't do this. The reason why your cousin cusses somebody out, when they uh, take their parking spaces because they have bad trees. Bad trees. Bad Whereas you, in your righteous, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, new mindset, renewed mindset, you, you will say, well, God bless you, you can have that space, I, I'll find another space. Why? Because you have a different tree. Right. Yeah. Trees, science has talked about these, we, we call them trees in the brain. And these, these squirts that, 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 that cause us, it, it, It determines our attitudes, our perspectives, how we see things is not based on how they are but how we are. There's a reason why uh, when 12 spies went into, into, uh to spy the promised land out, why 10 of them came back and said, yes, yeah, a good land, but we can't go there because we're like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we're like grasshoppers in, in the giant's eyes. And yet Joshua and Caleb, the other two, said, we can do it. Let's do it right now. The difference was not what they saw, but how they saw it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You don't see with your eyes. You see through your eyes. That is a scientific fact. You don't see with your eyes, you see through your eyes. All your eyes do is transmit a picture to your mind, and your mind sees that image. In fact, your mind actually sees the image upside down. Your brain sees it upside down, your eyes see it upside down, and your brain has to flip it over. Am I right about this, scientifically? So what happens is, even in life, everything you see, you see through your eyes, but how you process it is based on the tree that's on, on the inside of you. Glory to God. So my perspectives and my behaviors are determined by my trees. They determine the course and outcomes of our lives. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Guard your heart is the generator for your life. Your heart, your spirit, man, is the generator for your life. So you got to guard it, keep it. Make sure you don't you don't let uh, unhealthy seed get into your heart. Because if you let unhealthy seed get in your heart, it's going to produce unhealthy trees, and it's going to cause your life problems. So your life is not the way it is because of what other people do. Your life is the way it is because of what's inside of you. You may you may not agree, but it's right. If you don't agree, let the Holy Ghost talk to you. Give me that same verse in the easy-to-read version. It says this, above all, matter of fact, read with me. Ready? Read. Uh-oh. Above all, be careful what you think. What controls your life? What controls your life? Not the man. Not the government. Not the police. Your Thoughts control your life. The reason I'm failing is because the teacher don't like me. No, no, no. The reason you're failing is because you don't study. You don't apply yourself. And you think you can't make it. So your, your thoughts control your life. How you think, it's called a tree. So notice the first thing in this order that Jesus Christ did. Jesus. If Jesus wanted to, ladies and gentlemen, He could have spoke to the tree and said, fruit now. Y'all missing it. If he really wanted, if it really wasn't about the fruit. He's teaching some object lessons on how to change your life. He said, let no man eat fruit. He could have said, right now, I want fruit on every, every limb on this tree. But he cursed the tree. He's showing you and me that if we want to change our lives, there are some trees we need to curse. The kind, listen to this. Oh man, the kind and quality of fruit tells me. The kind and quality of fruit tells me the same about the tree. So, what kind and quality of fruit is in my, is in uh, my life tells me the kind of trees that are in my mind. In, in Matthew 7, 17 to 20, just write it down. I got I to move fast. Matthew 7, verse 17 to 20 says, Even so, every good tree bears, bears good fruit. Bears good fruit yes. But a bad tree, tree come on. Bears. So, if you have bad fruit in your life, it's because you have bad trees. Oh, man. I know this is hard for this modern day millennial age and X generate whatever y'all are called. People, people, people want to think everything in their life is somebody else's fault. No. Your law, your life is your fault. That ain't no Pastor, you don't you don't know what my parents did. I know what they did, I understand that. But you can change that based on what you do. Your parents and your uncle, and your auntie, them, and your grandmama, them, and all the folk who abuse you and misuse you and neglected you—they they, yeah, they did wrong. They did wrong. But what are you going to do from now on? Because your thoughts control your life. Y'all you got it. So Matthew seven verse seventeen to twenty again, verse eighteen says, "A good tree cannot bear bad fruit." That's why you got to curse. Uh, these bad trees. It says because a a bad tree, uh, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. So if I have bad trees in me, bad thoughts, bad mindsets, bad imagination, I can't bring forth good fruit. Verse 19, I'll keep going because I'm getting some funny looks. Every tree that does not bear is cut, down. cut today. We gotta cut down some trees because if you stay in debt, stay in lack, if you keep running out of money at the by the end of the month, it's not because you don't make enough. It's because of bad trees. Look at look how y'all looking. No, Pastor, I don't make enough. No, no, no. No, you paying for Netflix. It's, it's, it's bad. bad trees. Bad trees produce bad fruit. And if it's got bad fruit, you got to go ahead and cut it down and throw it into the fire. Verse 20, therefore by their fruits you will know them. So I know what is in your mind based on what I see in your life. You can't judge. I'm not judging. I can just observe fruit. There are a lot of trees that look alike. You, you walk into a, you know, and through St. Pete, there are all kind of citrus trees. And you don't know till the fruit comes, whether it's a lemon tree or a lime tree or a, tree or a citron tree or whatever it is. You don't know until the fruit comes. The fruit tells you what kind of tree it is, and a tree is a result of the roots. So notice when Jesus Christ cursed the fig tree it withered to the roots. That he didn't just chop off branches. Many times we try to get rid of fruit in our lives but the problem isn't the fruit the problem is the roots. If you don't get rid of the roots that tree's going to grow back. And the bad fruit's going to come right back. And next year you'll be just as broke as you were this year. If you don't get mad at me, go ahead and get mad right now. Let's get it over with. Because you need this word here. Go and get mad. Ask God to forgive you. And let's get over it. That way we can go and get you rich today. Glory to God. Glory to God. So so we gotta deal with uh, um, what, what's in my financial root system? Here, here it is. Was it a poverty upbringing? Ooh. The Bible says, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he should go when he's old, not, not depart from it. You know, that's a financial scripture. So how, how you are raised financially affects how you operate uh, when you're grown. And many of us uh, were raised in poverty uh, systems, poverty mindsets, poverty households. You ain't got to raise your hand, but how many of y'all know I'm talking telling the truth? you raised and you were, you know, raised on SNH Green stamps and you had to save every, every butter bucket you had. You ate yeah. cereal out of butter buckets. just yeah. yeah. cereal bowl. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Raised. We're going we to split a happy meal between three of us. Now, I'm not picking on you being poor when you were a child. What I'm saying is, though, is, is what happens is that creates images, yes, sir. Yes, sir. and if we don't break out of that image, it'll control how you operate, even as grown folk, with good jobs. Yes, See? So a poverty upbringing can cause you to have a bad root system financially. Hurtful and demeaning words some of us heard heard hurtful and demeaning words as children you ain't never going to be nothing you ain't nobody and when you hear that you think well how does that make me bad financially what happens is when you get grown now you feel the need to prove yourself to people and now you go buy things you can't afford because you're trying to prove those hurtful people were wrong, and you're buying and living out of your hurt rather than out of your deliverance. Oh, what this is gooder than y'all letting on! You're buying and spending and buying out of your hurt, buying out of being belittled and demeaned by people. Now you're gonna prove something, to everybody. I is somebody. And you want to put on clothes and buy cars and buy jewelry that that to you make you think you're somebody because you don't realize your value is not in your things. Your value is on the inside of you. And because people spoke words that devalued you, You try to find your value on the outside as opposed to letting it come from the inside. I know I'm right. You ain't got to say amen. I know I'm right about it. Thank you, Jesus. Feelings of unworthiness. Unworthiness. Condemnation creeps in. This is what's in the root system. What about this one? Comparison. Yes. When you feel inadequate. And so what happens is, mamas who who don't have hardly any money, and they'll go buy their son $200 shoes to go to school because all the other kids have $200 shoes. So now you got to go buy $200 shoes. I don't want my son to feel like he's nobody because he don't have $200 shoes. And, then, and your rent's behind the lights. Are behind, off, and and the kids, the kids, the kids don't have their own bed and their own mattress on their own dresser, and 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 I'm talking about this. This how it goes in the hood. Most y'all don't live in the hood. Let me explain how it goes in the hood. See, in the hood, most of the families are living out of Rubbermaid containers, and you'll see them the beginning of every year buying new Rubbermaid containers, living out of that. Just look straight ahead, Rubbermaid containers. But they don't have anything. But they got two hundred dollars sneakers, and 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 this because. Uh, they're comparing. See how quiet y'all are? I know I'm in the right house. Trying to prove something. Because we've been trained by this demonic system to find our value on the outside and not from the inside. And we think clothes make us who we are. But when you understand who you are, the clothes don't make you. You make the clothes. Oh, y'all ain't saying it. You can go buy you a dress out of Ross. Ross dress for less. And because you step into that Ross dress for less dress, People think you've been all over International Mall. You ain't been to International Mall. You're right down in Tyrone at Ross Dress for Less because your value doesn't cover what you put on. Your value comes from what you put in. So we've got to curse these trees, these destructive, fruitless, unproductive trees that keep us broke. That make us go and use Afterpay to buy a purse because it's got an LV on it. you going to walk into everybody Tory Burch store and buy buy shoes on Afterpay. And everything Afterpay. And you forgot about that. You forgot when, oh, you forgot about that. Oh, paycheck came and you, oh, I forgot about Afterpay. I forgot. I forgot. I did. After paying every on this I, oh Lord, oh Lord, now I now I don't have any money. Why? Because because covetousness gets in, and now trying to look like something that you're not.
1: Amen. Woo. Woo. Everybody have
0: on have on their big girl and big big boy underwear today, right? Just pastor talking some stuff right here today. I'm trying to help you. Maybe he's trying to help you. Hallelujah. And you start competing with people. You start competing. You're going to outdo somebody else. Hallelujah. They went on vacation, so I'm going on vacation. They bought a car, so I'm going to buy a car. They bought a new new suit, I'm going to buy a new suit. They bought a new purse, I'm going to buy a new purse. Stop competing with people, ladies and gentlemen. Those trees inside are the ones that keep people in lack in poverty and debt so before we can get rid of the debt we got to kill the tree This, ladies and gentlemen this, 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 is so, this is so profound I don't know if you understand before, before he dealt with the mountain he dealt with the tree because if I don't kill the tree it'll come back we can cancel all your debt, and I mean, you, you can get an inheritance, get a, a lawsuit, whatever, and clear all your debt, and next year you'll be right back in it. Ask me how I know. Been there, done that. Refuse right to do it again. Yeah. We finally had to curse some trees. Right. Right. What keeps getting us back in the situation over and over again? What gets us where we don't have any money? You gotta curse those trees. You can't buy happiness. You can't buy peace. Watch this. And you can't buy acceptance. You can't buy acceptance. You can't buy, you can't buy, you can't buy people liking you. You gotta get it in yourself. That you're already accepted in the beloved. God already accepts you, in the body of Christ. We accept you. My God, oh this is My wife and I, when we moved to the house we're in, and, and we we big old house we, and we haven't we have furniture. <laughs> the kids used to skate through the house. Matter of fact, they used to ride bicycles through the house. Y'all remember now we all they would get, they would. That, that's, that's, how, that's how empty that joker was. And then I get, they, my family had the nerve to ask me to host a family reunion. Because John is moving to this big old house over there. They don't, they don't know we'll have no furniture. I remember how much pressure I felt like I was under to go and do something. Make, I was going to rent furniture, make something happen. And Lord said for what, they only going to be here for a couple days. They came in for one event. What
1: you
0: just I remember I remember somebody they came in the house and somebody said, "Well, how long have you been here?" <laughs> I said, "It's been a while. It's been a while, praise God." But I I didn't feel the need to try to make something happen. I we felt the need by then to let something happen. Let God do what He do. I know that's not good English. Let God do, tell your neighbor. Let God, do do. let God do what He do. Now that's not good English, but let God do what He do. God said, "I'll give you houses full of all good things which you did not provide." That's what the word says. I'll give you houses full of all good things which you did not provide. You come to our house now, I want to get rid of junk because he's giving us a house now full of all good things which we did not provide. Now, now I'm not here to promote a book. Um, Matter of fact, I don't have enough copies. I wish I did. Uh, My wife and I wrote this book, How to Become Rich. And that book is about killing trees. That's what the book is about. It's not about how to get money. It's about how to kill trees. It's about how to replace bad trees with good trees. Because if somebody came and gave you $5 million and you've not killed off the bad trees, you're going to be broke in a matter of a couple years. Because the trees are what's making you broke. That's why we're transformed, not by the receiving of money, but by the renewing of our minds. How many of y'all say, look, Pastor, I have some bad trees in me? Trees. Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I curse every bad tree on the inside of we, your people. Every tree of poverty, every tree of inadequacy. Every tree where we've had hurtful, demeaning words spoken to us, every tree where things have been said or done in our lives that have made us feel inadequate, made us feel like nobody loved us, made us feel like nobody accepted us. Oh so God, right now, I curse by the power of the living God, every bad tree that keeps producing bad fruit, no more. I curse every tree to the root right now. I command it to wither to the root right now. No more poverty mindset. No more lack mindset. No more competition. No more covetousness. covetousness no more comparison. God, no, no more trying to find value in things right now. God, we find value in who we are in Christ Jesus. I curse the fig tree right now. In Jesus' name, we're to the root now. Jesus cursed the tree. Now, when he get, gets to verse 20, again, it says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you, you cursed has withered away. Has withered away. You read this in Matthew, talked about to the roots. Withered away to the roots. Verse 22, because here's the question. How do we do all this, Pastor? How, how is this thing going to happen today? How, how can we change our financial lives today? How are we going to cancel all debt today? I don't have enough money to cancel all our debts today. I don't have enough money to buy my desires today. How is this going to all happen today? He answers it in verse 22. He says to them, have faith in God. How is this going to happen? Have faith in God. How is the fig tree cursed? Have faith in God. And then he goes on and teaches a couple more verses here. And he's going to teach about getting rid of or removing mountains and then receiving desired things. And he prefaces that or he uses this segue phrase here, have faith in God. So everything I just showed you, and then everything I'm about to show you requires you to have faith in God. That's why I told you I'm looking for faith people today. I'm not looking for people just attending, just looking, looking to be entertained today. I'm like Peggy. Well, you didn't come if you came to be entertained, you're in the wrong zip code, the wrong church. I want you to have the word of God and learn how to change everything, how to shift everything in your life. And it requires you and me to have faith. In God. Now that statement itself implies that God can do something about it. If God couldn't do anything, He wouldn't tell us to have faith in God. It also implies implies that God wants to do something. It's one thing to know God can; it's another thing to know God will. Say, neighbor, God wants to do something about your situation. God wants to turn your life around. God wants to get rid of your debt. God wants to give you desires of your heart. God wants to do it. Oh, he can. And he wants to. So Jesus says, have faith in God. Not your intelligence. Watch this. Not your budget. Oh, I know who I'm talking to. I got a five-year plan. My wife and I had a plan, beautiful plan, Excel spreadsheet, laid out a plan on how we're going to come out of debt and come into abundance, and God blew our plan out of the water. Because what we finally learned was our plan wasn't going to deliver us. God was going to deliver us. And God accelerated. He blew right past our plan and snatched us out of debt, snatched us out of poverty, snatched us out of lack because we put our faith in God. Not faith in our intelligence. Not faith in how smart we are. Not faith in this world. We didn't go to anybody, any other uh, 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 loan consolidation program. Look how y'all looking. Nobody else to consolidate our loans. No more HELOCs to consolidate our loans. See, when you consolidate, you aren't getting rid of the debt. You're just shifting it from one place It's still there. It's still there. And God doesn't shift things around from one place to another. He's going to get rid of it. I said he's going to get rid of it. So have faith in God. Tell you, neighbor, you got to believe. Y'all know 2 Chronicles 20 20? Believe the Lord your God, you shall be established. Believe in his prophets. So today I'm your prophet. And I need you to believe what God has told me to tell you. I don't need to believe your lying eyes, looking at your bills. This ain't never going to get paid off. That's a lie. I'm, I'm going to die in this debt. That's a lie. I'm never going to have anything. That's a lie. I'm never going to be able to afford what to do what I want to do. That's a lie. I need you to believe this prophet today. Yeah. Right on, Hosea 12, 13 says, By a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet he was preserved. So God's going to use a prophet to bring you out today. So notice, number one, we can curse trees, but number two, we can remove mountains. Yes, sir. We can remove mountains. He said to them, verse 23, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, this, that's a particular mountain there, Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Mountains represent seemingly unmovable or insurmountable objects. Mountains, we know they're vision blockers, but they represent seemingly, seemingly. I had to throw the word in there for you. Seemingly. Because in the natural, it is unmovable. In the natural, it is insurmountable. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. faith. We don't look at things that are seen, but things that are unseen. So they're seemingly unmovable or insurmountable objects. Debt just keeps piling up. Oh, y'all not saying anything. Interest keeps accruing. And minimum payments do nothing. (laughs) Threw in an extra payment here and there, and the balance still looked the same as it did. (laughs) Then it's not just one loan; it's multiple loans for different things. As I bought the house, and then I went and bought a bunch of furniture to to fill it up, and then I couldn't drive my old car to this new house, so I had to go and new car. Hallelujah. On, Hallelujah. You, Student loans don't go anywhere. You know don't. Credit card keeps piling up with interest. Jesus. Now I can't even afford a minimum payment on a credit card. Unmovable. Insurmountable. Yet, Jesus said if you can say to this mountain, be removed. I want you to see your debt as a mountain today. Hallelujah. I better say that again because my microphone went out. I want you to see your debt as a mountain. It keeps piling up. Seems like it ain't going anywhere. Insurmountable unmovable. Glory to God. And he says you can say to a mountain and be removed. God knows how to deal with mountains. In First 1 Kings 19.11 <laughs> Elijah is on the run and he's depressed to the point where he wants to quit and God comes to talk to him. And God's going to prove to Elijah that you hear my voice. And God told Elijah, he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Notice this. Huh? This I'm prophesying is going to happen in your life today. And behold, the Lord passed by. And behold, the Lord All it takes, Elder Baker, is for the Lord
1: to pass by.
0: I wish somebody would grab a hold of this here. And the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. God can take that unmovable, insurmountable mountain of debt and just pass by and the wind will blow and break that whole mountain down into pieces. May the Lord pass by you right now. May the Lord pass by your house. May the Lord pass by your bills. May the Lord pass by your debt. May the Lord pass by your financial mountain and break that mountain into pieces and break it down where now you know it's gone. Boy, I wish I had somebody else grab a hold of this shit. I, I, I need a church of believers. i got to find some believers. When, when I'm standing here prophesying this, you get to sit there looking like me like... <laughs> What the Lord is doing. And when I prophesy, you got to receive it. If you don't want him to pass by, don't let him pass by. Hold your mountain. Squeeze your little mountain. Keep trying to climb up the rough side of your mountain all you want to. But somebody here says, God, please move this mountain out of my life. I want this mountain gone. This mountain of death. This mountain of lack. I want it gone in Jesus' name. All you got to do, Gershom, is just. He just got to Listen, God's so tough He ain't even got to stop Stop by here, dear Lord Stop by here, no, no, no We got to touch him as he goes by If he just passed
1: by.
0: I dare you to shout out your address and tell, Lord, just pass by. Just- You ain't got to stop. God has, has passed by. Let your wind blow. Let your wind blow, Lord. Let your wind blow on that debt. Let that wind blow on that mortgage. Let your wind blow on that car note. Let your wind blow on that student loan. Let your wind blow and break the whole thing down into pieces. What you understand, listen, a mountain is a vision blocker. Which means that the mountain blocks your ability to see where God's trying to take you. You don't even see what God wants you to do. So, so what happens is you'll come here on Sunday and I'll preach a message about where God's taking you and you can't see it. The reason you can't see it is because all that debt is blocking you. But I declare today that God about to remove all that mountain of debt and you're going to see what I've been saying. You're going to see what God wants to show you. You're going to see where God's taking you in your life. Give God a praise about that right now. <laughs> sit down, sit down, sit down. I, I gotta, hurry, I got to hurry. Because mountains mountains can also represent, watch this, they also can represent being stuck in one place too long. Mountains can represent being stuck in one place too long. In other words, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you keep coming back to the same spot. God, I was here five years ago. Why am I in the same spot again? The mountain. Deuteronomy 2, verse 3 in the King James. God had enough. I'm telling you, God's had enough. He told the truth of his. He said, You've come past this mountain long enough. In other words, God said, Golly, you back around this same. How many times are you going to keep going in circles? The same mountain, same mountain over and over again. Oh, oh, yeah. The same mountain this year. Oh, I got it. It's a brand new year. Uh-huh, oh, man, I went down again. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going back up. I'm going back up. We're going up to the Lord. Yeah, but you, you're going up right around the same mountain. He's, and God said, you've done this long enough. haven't you? Haven't you seen this same tree enough? You don't recognize that rock? Watch this. Aren't you bored with this same view? I don't know. I I, I, I don't want to talk about me and my wife. We we finally realized, God, we're bored with this view. Y'all, you ain't got to like it. We're bored with this view. We're ready to see something different. We've seen this. this is nice, but 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 we, we're ready to see something else. Oh, you ready? He said, okay, turn. Go north. Go up. Stop going around. Start going up. That's the reason we had to curse the tree. So you don't keep circling the same mountain over and over and over. By faith, we can move mountains. Notice what it said. I got to hurry up. He says, verse 23, uh, Mark 11, 23, he says, for assured I say to you, whoever says it is this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Notice Jesus specifically talks about casting the mountain into the sea. That's intentional. Because the sea, okay, the reason you see a mountain is because you're standing at ground level and the mountain looks big to you. But if you take that same mountain and plunge it into the sea, now it goes into the unseen realm. Because the mountain when it's cast in the sea is not going to float on the land. It's going to sink to the bottom. So he says you can take this mountain which has been blocking your view and now throw it into the unseen realm where you don't see it anymore. What was blocking your vision, blocking your view, is no longer blocking your view. In fact, because it's now in the sea, if you want to see it, you got to go look for it. (laughs) But isn't that the way Laquanda God does it? He takes our sin debt. Do you know sin is a debt? He takes our sin debt and casts them into the sea. Give give me Micah 719, Micah, Micah 719, Micah 719. It says, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. We call it the sea of forgetfulness where he remembers our sins no more. Once the sin is cast into the sea, you, you can't, If to, to see you got to go looking for it. Anybody here glad that God took your sins and cast them into the sea? Because now, now when the accuser comes and accuses you of all the things that you did, you got to say, you a lie, show me. Devil, you a lie, show me. Show me what I did. He can't show you because it's going into the sea now. So that's what God does with debt. So Jesus says, when you move that mountain, don't slide over 100 yards. Don't try to consolidate the mountains together. Take that mountain of your debt and put it into the sea where you can't find it anymore. Well, you'll never see it again. So we're going to cast debts into the sea. How many of y'all have debt you want to be out of today? Lift your hands and repeat it after me. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. I I come into full agreement with God's financial plan for my life the word of God says that the rich rule over the poor and that borrowers are slaves to their lenders therefore I have no desire to be a slave I have no desire to remain in debt I choose to live debt free in financial abundance independent of this world system I reject the wisdom of this world and I renounce every agreement I've made with lack poverty and debt. From this day forward, forward, my financial life is changing. changing. According to the word, word, God is breaking me out out. of financial slavery and rescuing me me from my creditors. Therefore, I declare that every judgment, every lien and mortgage, every note, every loan and debt, whether current, past due, or in default, is being crushed today. I said it's being crushed today. Listen to this. Watch this, because this, this goes in the, in the Mark 11, 25. Ready, say this. I forgive, I forgive and release all debts owed to me. me. Say it again. I forgive, I forgive, and, release I forgive and, release and release all debts owed to me. The Bible says if you forgive others, God will forgive you. Therefore, Therefore I, call loans, I call my loans settled, settled forgiven, forgiven, or paid in full. All liens, released, all liens are released and all financial judgments are overturned all I, call money I call money from the north, south, east and west, north, south, east, west. Into, my into my hands I call in raises, call in raises. Bonuses. bonuses commissions, commissions. Business,
1: deals
0: business deals and contracts increase and inheritances, increase and inheritances. I command abundant harvest on every seed I've sown sown. to come forth now now. I will pay off my debts debts and my family and I will live on the rest rest. by faith I have declared it and it is so so. in Jesus name name. Amen. amen Now sit down. I got one more thing to tell you. Because We got to finish this here. We can curse trees. We can remove mountains. But we can also receive things. My wife and I didn't have a debt list to bring today. We don't owe anybody anything. But we have some desires. We have some desires. And notice the last part of Jesus' teaching was how to receive things. King James says in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire. Whatsoever things you desire. So we're talking about desired things. I'm not talking about needed things. I think I got one hand clap. I'm not talking about needed things. He covered that in Matthew six. He said your father already knows you have need of these things. He said don't even bring up the things you need. You and I should never even waste time praying about needs. I wish I had one more hallelujah, the bigger. Give, give it. Give me one more hallelujah, the bigger. Don't waste time praying about your needs. He says, your father already knows you have need of all these things. Paul said this way, my God shall supply all your needs. So don't think about your needs. Jesus Christ is inviting us to a higher place here. He says, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Oh, how many of y'all have some desires? Just about 60% of you. The rest of y'all don't want nothing. Sometimes it's a tree. Tree of inadequacy. Tree, tree of unworthiness. I don't deserve anything. I can't really have anything. I've been, I've been so used to being told no by my, by my mama. Things represent the manifestations of the desires of our hearts. Things represent... The manifestations of the desires of our hearts. I'll say it again. Things represent the manifestations of the desires of our hearts. So you and I all, hopefully, hopefully all of us have some desires. But he says that you'll receive those things, which means they're going to move from your heart to your hands. There are some things, Minister Bob, I'm ready to move from my heart to my hands. Things I've been carrying in my heart for a long time. And God is already, oh, I, I can, some stuff I'm going to testify here in a couple weeks, that God's already moving, not only for us personally, but for the church, things into our hands. My, my, God, my, God, my. I almost spilled it last week when I was in Kentucky. I almost spilled it. I had to stop myself. I almost spilled the beans of what God is doing right now for this church. So notice he says, whatsoever things you desire when you're praying. Yes, ma'am, I receive. He says, what things soever you desire. So notice his statement then must imply to us that God, first of all, is okay with us desiring things. I got to get rid of all the old school church devils in here that want to tell you that God is not interested in you having things and God did not want you thinking about your desires. But if Jesus taught, Christ told us what things you desire when you pray, believe, you receive them and you will have them, it must mean that God is okay with you and me desiring things your neighbor, God wants you to, want you to have things. There are some things you want. I know there are things you need, but there are some things you desire, some things you want. Come on now, holler back at me now. There, there are some things I desire. And by what Jesus said, he's telling us that God is perfectly fine with you and me desiring things. He wants you to have things. First Timothy 6.17 says, God richly gives us or gives us richly all things enjoy. to what? Enjoy. To what? Enjoy. So God will give you things you enjoy. So this goes beyond you having a bowl of beans and you know lights and water and, and a place to lay your head. This is goes beyond you just having clothes on your back and food on your table. This goes beyond that. because I, I, I put on clothes, but I don't enjoy clothes. And I, I you know, I eat food because it's nutrition. I have to. Now I enjoy food I eat because God gives me good food to eat. But 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 the purpose of that is just nutrition. God says I wanna give you things to enjoy. I don't see nobody. See nobody, he wants you to. There's some things he wants, and and, and he knows what you would enjoy. So, what happens? The religious devil wants to make you apologize for enjoying life. Yet, Jesus said in John 10 10 Amplified class, He said, I came that you might have and enjoy life. Tell your neighbor God wants you to enjoy your life, and there are some things that you would enjoy having. And so Jesus Christ says to us then that if you desire these things, God will give it to you. Matthew seven verse eleven. Matthew seven verse eleven. Jesus says this. This is powerful. This this helped me out uh, this week. Uh, this this is powerful, Joe. Watch this. If you then being evil. Know how to give good things, good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Is this in your Bible? And I was reading that this week, earlier this week, and the word stuck out to me know how and then will. Because Jesus Christ said, you, y'all know how to give good gifts. But it said your Heavenly Father will give. Which means <laughs> there are some things that your earthly family and parents know how to do but may not have the ability to do it. But God ain't like that. God ain't one of them. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to God and the hills of the cattle are our own belong to God the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and he went on to say and the silver is mine and the gold is mine the whole planet belongs to God so not only does God, does God know how but he says to us he will and he will give not just things brothers and sisters but good things somebody holler back at me good things good things what good things do you want? What good things? Just, just, just close your eyes for just, just thirty seconds. Just, what, what good, what's the first good thing come to your mind that you you ride by? And I remember as a kid, as a kid, Chris, we, we used to, Chris, Chris, I'm talking to Reverend Chris. We, we used to be in a school bus, and we used to ride by go, going to Baltimore Elementary School. We came from the hood we were coming from the hood, going to Bartmore, and we used to ticket I, I ticket that house. I ticket that car. We used to see things like, how many I remember that? Y'all used to ticket stuff? I, I ticket that. Along the whole bus route because we came out, out of the out of the, the urban side and we were going to the suburbs for school when they, you know, bussing desegregation and we were going y'all y'all know nothing about that. that. That's why this 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 neighborhood school stuff bad because you, you don't see nothing else bigger out of your neighborhood. But we saw mansions and we saw fine cars and gated neighborhoods and gated. I, 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 remember, I remember hearing Jay-Z, I don't listen to Jay-Z, I think he's a fool, but I heard Jay-Z make a powerful statement. He said, he said, what made him pursue his career and wanted to be successful? Because his teacher in elementary school took them on a filter to her her house and she saw her refrigerator and they had water come out the door. He said, I saw the lady had water come out of her door. He said, what is that? See, when you see something big, when you see something greater, the Bible says that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob desired a better country. Therefore, God wasn't ashamed to be called their God. So when you don't ever have a desire of anything better, you make God ashamed. I'm gonna come back on this side. I heard, I heard her. Oh, when you don't ever desire anything better, you make God shame. Like that's all I can do? You're gonna tell folk you're a Christian and that's all I can do? You're gonna tell folk you're a child of God and that's all you'll let me do for you. You're gonna tell somebody that you're one of my kids, and that's all you want. That's all you will let me do. Shame on don't shame me like that. I'll tell you how my, my wife with our kids. You, my, my kids could be talking about they going to somebody's party, pool party, and, and grab one of the towels that's faded. You don't grab no faded towel, you going out to no pool. You got the best towel in the house. Uh-huh, uh-huh, no, you, yeah, because I ain't, you ain't going to shame me out there in the public. Like, we ain't got nothing. That's the reason your parents used to make you put on your good underwear. Because if you had a car accident... And there to cut your clothes off. Don't you be rocking around no holy, messed up drawers like I don't say. Don't you shame me. And God is saying, children of God, don't shame me by having no desires. Don't shame me by wanting nothing better. Don't shame me by settling on something that's beneath you and beneath me. I want you to come up higher to what I want you. I want you to desire something better and let. All right, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. I'm way past time. But that, that, that choir sung good, boy. So not only does his statement tell me that God's okay with me desiring things, but his statement also then tells me that God leaves the things up to me. Oh, y'all missed it. Not only is he okay with me desiring things, Diana, but he leaves the thing I desire up to me, because he just didn't say what things soever I desire for you. He said, no, what? He didn't say what things soever so your mama and your cousin and your friends and your classmates think you ought to have. He said, what things soever you. Point it to and eyeball, say it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. Now, if they slap you, that's on you. They slap you. Don't. Don't put your finger in my face. <laughs> is he leaving it up to you? Don't let anybody tell you that's too much. My life is not up to you. Where I go, what I drive, where I live, what I how I dress, what I eat, it ain't up to you. He said what things I desire. If you desire little, fine, he'll give you little. If you desire much, fine, he'll give you much. You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, um, you can't shock God like, oh my God, you, you asked for that, oh my God, God, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna make God's heart skip beat, skip one beat. He says, "What things soever you desire." Here's the thing. You don't have to run your desire by anybody else. You don't need anybody else to to approve your desire. If you run your desire by somebody and they say that's too much, that's the wrong person. Find somebody else. Find somebody else who's a believer. Not a doubter. Find somebody who don't have a small mind. Find somebody who don't have a crab-in-the-bucket mentality. And mad because you want to go somewhere and be something and be somebody and do something in your life. And have better than you had before. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of whose heart? Your heart. Here's the only qualifier. Here's the only qualifier. Notice he says in verse 23, verse 24 rather. He says, when you pray, believe that you receive it. So here's the qualifier. To get your desires, when you pray, you must believe you receive them. Notice he didn't say believe you can afford them. He said believe you receive them. Because if he says you, you believe, you receive them. He says, and you. I wonder, does anybody in this room believe Jesus? Yeah. See, if this is just me talking, you say, "Oh, that's just Reb talking." But we're reading right from what the words of Jesus. He said, "If you desire it, when you pray." Believe that you receive them, and you will, will have them. I mean, I can, I can, I can rest on that right there. I got a list of desires, and when you got a list of desires, and you can pray believing, here's, here's the thing: sometimes you're not ready to pray yet because you don't believe it yet. So spend time in the Word, spend time with God until you believe it. Once you believe it, now pray it. Because you got to believe you receive when you pray. So the moment you utter it, you pray it. And if you actually believe you receive it, you go from asking right away to thanking God. Mark 9.23 says this, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Everybody have your list ready? I'll grab that basket for me, please. about to do something here. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say to you. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says God he calls things which do not exist as though they did. So notice we've already cursed the trees. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've already spoken to the mountains. Yes, we're going to still deal with that debt here. And then we're going to call in some things we want. Yes, My wife and I, our list covers us personally. We fill half the page with our list, the other half of the page with things for the church. Yes. Itemize some things we believe in God for, for this church that require money, specifically that require money, land, property, vehicles for the church. So we have to operate this way. It says he calls things which do not exist as though they did, as as though they did. In other words, King James says, he calls things that be not as though they were. So notice how God operates. God calls things. How many of y'all have a dog, puppy? When you want the dog to come to you, what do you do? You call it. Rufus. Rufus. you're telling the dog to come here. How I many of y'all have kids? I don't mean to compare kids to dogs, but it's the same way. When your children are in another room, my, my dad, my dad, when he would come home from preaching on a Sunday night, Jonathan, come here. Come in there. Take Take your daddy's shoes off. He's he that to y'all too, Warren? Yeah, I was gone. You were gone by then? <laughs> y'all, you, you and William missed that, man. Julius and I got it good. Take, take take, your daddy. My daddy preached all day. Take your daddy's shoes off. we unbuckle, we untie daddy's shoes and take them off. Take your daddy's socks off. Come bring me the roll control. It's It's right there.
1: It's right there. It's right there.
0: But you call what you want to you. Now, in in the church. People think this is goofy because they don't understand the principles of the kingdom of God. In the world, they've taken it and twisted the same thing. The world does it all the time. They've twisted it. They've perverted it into new age where they speaking to the universe. That's the foolishness that goes on in the world. Don't you get in that. I'm speaking to the universe. I'm talking to the universe. Calling things out in the universe. That's that's new age Demonic. Yet, it is a perversion of what is real for us as believers that you and I do have the ability to call things that do not exist as though they did. Okay? So when we're talking about our desires, we're going to call them. And then another scripture to back that up, Ephesians 5.1 Amplified Classic. Ephesians 5.1 Amplified Classic says, Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their father. So remember I just showed you how Father God operates. He calls things that do not exist as though they did. So we're going to imitate him. We're going to copy him and follow his example. So he's given us the same authority to do the very same thing. Now some of y'all are still writing. That's good. When you finish writing... I'm going to ask you the a moment to come and bring all those uh, lists here and place them in this basket. Pastor Kim and I are going to lay our hands on them. These are debt-free hands. So we're going to lay our debt-free hands on your mountains of debt. We've learned how to receive desires by faith. God trained us on faith, on how to receive things. You know how He trained us. He tell us, "Don't buy that." Believe me for it. One time, Paul said, "I wanted a pair of blue cufflinks." I had a, my mind, my heart set on some blue cufflinks, and the Lord told me, "Don't buy them." By this time, I had the money to buy. It's just cufflinks. I had the money to buy. Pair of cufflinks, and the Lord said, "Don't buy it. I want you to believe me for it. Believe me for the cu- believe me for cufflinks, God. I can just go buy the cufflinks. Believe me for it." I said, "Okay." So my wife and I happened to be in TJ Maxx one one night, one day, whatever it was. Going go TJ Maxx, and we're going. to, I, I walk through the jury section while she goes shops the whole store, and uh, but she happened to be with me at by the jewelry counter, and I saw some cufflinks exactly like I wanted. I was like, wow, those are nice. Those look like what I want. The well, Lord said, don't buy it. Don't buy it. I could have bought them. Don't buy them. Walk away. So we walked away and left and, you know, went all through the store, shopping, other stuff, whatever. All of a sudden I hear come from behind me a few minutes later, man of God, man of God. I'm looking like, I'm not wearing pastor shirt like that. Man of God. All of a sudden, this lady comes up running behind me, happens to be a lady who works at the store. And she says, I bought these cufflinks for you. The Lord wanted me to give you these. How would you even know I want those cufflinks? But God trains us on you call things. So, I'm not talking about you all of a sudden got to be a millionaire or a hundred thousand there to all of a sudden live the life you want. God will take you there. He wants to take you there. But you can you can have things that are way beyond your your income and don't owe anybody for it. So, we're going to imitate God. We're going to call things to be not as though they were. Everybody got your debts listed? Your desires? out front of the, the building. Alright, when you have it ready, I want you to come bring those places. Bring the basket down some so they can reach you up. we're doing this pastor this is going to do anything yes it's what the Lord told me to do I don't know what's going to happen I can't I don't know I don't know what God's going to do with it I'm not asking God to send a fire from heaven I'm not asking God to send a fire from heaven and consume all the paper I'm not asking him to send a wind from heaven and blow all the papers all over the place we're just obeying God we're just doing what Lord has shown us to do. We have some people who sit their list in. Hey, put this list in From I can't be there. Put this list down there. We're not about to do magic. This is not a magic trick. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. By the power of the living God it's not by power not by might but it's by my spirit says the Lord did you get y'all in there Some of you young, young kids, you don't have any debt. You want to go to school debt-free. You want a car. And your parents said, I don't, I don't know if I can buy you a car. Your parents don't have to buy you a car. You desire a car, God will give you a car. And the insurance money. you're going to have to get your own insurance now. You're going, have your own insurance. you're going to need money for tires and oil changes. That's your car, baby. That's your car. God to give it to you. New wardrobe. So you gotta learn how to ask the right, the right parent. You gotta learn how to ask the right parent. And the natural sometimes the things you ask mama for, you don't ask daddy for. Sometimes you ask daddy for things you don't ask mama for. You know, you know how to play the system. But I want you to to ask God for things you desire. He's going to get it to you. Is everybody? Come on, Pastor Kim. We're going to lay our hands. You okay, Elder Baker? Stretch your hands this way. Matter of fact, no, you stretch your hands up to God. Father God, in Jesus' name, we are obeying you what you've given us the unction to do. Present before you mountains and things desired. God, debt is slavery. And you don't want your people enslaved to anybody. You don't want your people owing anybody anything but to love them. God, you want your people to be able to say, to boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Father, we've cursed trees. Lack and debt, and covetousness and comparison, and all the things that cause lack and debt in our lives. And now we present this mountain of debt before you. God, pass by it right now, Jesus. Lord, pass by and blow your wind. Let your wind blow, break the rock in pieces. Jesus debt that's been there for years some decades old debt some new debt that all they see is many years from now before they can ever pay it off shorten and reduce the time we cut 30 years down to 10 we cut 10 years down to 2 we cut 90 days down to 1 week Every debt we curse you, we cancel it now in Jesus' name. You, the eternal one, says, all debts are canceled Amen. now in the name of Jesus. Father, what you've done for this ministry as a whole, what you did for Kim and me as a family, we lay these debt-free hands on this on these, these, these petitions. They're petitions right now. We lay our hands on them. We lay our hands on them. God, we thank you that even now everyone is canceled. Old debts, new debts canceled now in Jesus' name. We cast them into the depths of the sea to be seen no longer in the name of Jesus. And now, Father, it's with great pleasure that we join our faith calling in
1: desires.
0: Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do we get out of there? We're about to call those desires. I didn't put mine in there yet. We got to get our desires. Hallelujah. our desires, church's desires the desires of our hearts your word says we delight ourselves in you you use the desires of our hearts your word says God that the desires of the righteous shall be granted yes. Father we declare even now in the name of Jesus that as you have said in the word through Jesus that our desires will come if we believe we receive them. We believe we receive them now. Doesn't matter what the amount, doesn't matter what the cost, doesn't matter how far-fetched, doesn't matter how big or how small. We call every desire in into manifestation out of our hearts and into our hands. Out of our hearts, out of our heads and into our hands, oh God. Every desire we call for houses, cars, land, tuition, in the name of Jesus, children, husbands, wives, businesses exploding in Jesus' name, ministries exploding in Jesus' name, land and buildings, we call it in now in Jesus' name, come, 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 come to us now, come to us now, now. Come come to us now, come to us now come to us now we believe we receive it done God as everything comes as we begin to check off every item on our list we will give you praise yes, for everything yes, yes, praise. we will give you glory for everything yes, God. we'll testify of your goodness for everything yes, God. oh God we will not forget that God is you yes, God.
1: Yes, God.
0: that brought us out and it's you that brought us in. God, let this be a day of remembrance for us. That we'll know that this day everything changed. We thank you for it. We give you the praise
1: in Jesus' mighty name. It's done. Amen. Amen. Amen.